You're listening to Downtown Hockey with Nick and Sean. It's the podcast where we talk seriously about millionaires playing a children's game. Welcome back to Downtown Hockey. I think we needed that. Yeah, that was that was I, good. Huh? I, th- I think we needed it. It's uh, it's been a long season. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I think we all just needed to think about things. And uh, I think that song, um, I think it just that kind of resonates yeah. with that. Yeah. So, um, wow, 2016, 2017, winter season is officially done. Yeah, like like he was saying, the war is over. Now it's summer. Yeah. Although it doesn't feel like summer today. Feels like spring today. It's it's kind of cool out there, um, but um, yeah. So it's the middle of May, and we're only now tra- starting to talk about the uh, Oilers and the off season uh, and what lies ahead. But yeah. let's let's look back for a moment. Okay, so some more immediate back, I guess. Let's you know what? Let's let, let's go. Let's go way back. Way back. Let's go now. If we were intelligent people, we would have gone back to one of our uh, podcasts right before the season started but and looked at uh, our... That involves work, yeah. and I'm not here for that. No, we're not going to do that. So, at the beginning of the season, I think both of us picked the Oilers to just miss the playoffs or just make it. I I, I picked just make it. I think you picked just, just miss. Yeah. I also said they would beat the Flames, just saying. I'm just, yeah, just saying. I, I think I agree with you on that one. No, you didn't. No, the, 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 this, this year I did. No, no, you didn't. You, speci- I remember because we had a little bit of debate about it. You put the Flames ahead of the Oilers. Well, we'll, we'll see. We'll I have no actual video proof of that right now, so I'm not going to uh, believe in that one. Fine. It happened. <laughs> but, I mean... Yeah, like I was, you know, I was thinking about a few of the predictions we made. I mean, we both picked Connor McDavid to hit 90 plus points. I think we both picked actually 97 just because it, it had a nice ring to it. I don't know why. It's, uh, it's that number. Yeah. Uh, whatever. But no, not in our wildest dreams. I could have thought, I don't think either of us could have thought, even thinking about the team making the playoffs, that we would have made it to uh, where we did this year and in the fashion that they did. So Yeah, yeah, it's um, it, it's been a good season. It has been. It hurts, but yeah. it's been good. Um, and, and that's the thing now. is it, it, It's supposed to. I mean, you're not supposed to finish a season and be like, well, thank God that's done. Let, let's move on. No. Like, the fact that, you know, they, they came this close to moving on, and I'm sure we'll get into a few of that bits of the conversation in a little bit, but that's that's how sports are supposed to work. Yeah. I, I will say I, I was pretty happy that I, I could trim again um, because it, it was getting pretty big. Um, yeah, the beard was just, it was, it was a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, so I was kind of happy because I wasn't, that wasn't going away no. until, yeah. So the, the one good thing, mm-hmm. got to look at the bright side, right? Oh yeah. Also from the bright side of life. So, um, so yeah, well, let's get, get, get into the, the series. Yeah. So game seven, mm-hmm. good game. I, uh, good game. I, I had, uh, I had nothing to really complain about, um, other than the fact that the Oilers stopped playing in the second period yeah. for some 
reason. But we we've been seeing that kind of all season, anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, officiating didn't really affect anything other than one small call. But I mean, it, that didn't really really make a huge effect on anything. Um, yeah, it was just it was it was a, a hockey game, and unfortunately, I got to game seven, mm-hmm. which we can probably debate quite a bit about it if we wanted to. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to challenge us for something today. Okay. Let's. We're going to keep things at an optimistic level today. Okay. Just because that was like. So after what you're me. saying is, if I try and go into a certain area, you're you're going to you're going to hold my pad. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm. One might have to edit it into some happy sunshine rainbows, uh, unicorn <laughs> music. Uh, just the moment you start talking, you know, start like explicit beeps. It'll just be like sunshine and rainbows and laughter. Nice, okay. But no, because like after game seven, I was mad for about five minutes. And then I was like, you know what? That was actually pretty fun. Yeah. Um, I was watching with my parents. Yeah. And uh, my dad was not happy um, during the game. But as soon as it was over, he was like, well, it's been a good season. Yeah. But, oh man, he was mad at Eberle. Yeah. So. so, let's, you know what? This is might be tougher than I thought. Let's, let's, let's just go to that one first. <laughs> okay. Jordan Everly. Don't trade him. I have, I have a specific reason why not to trade him. Yeah. Because I know that, I mean, that's what everyone is talking about right now. Okay. Um, his value is not high enough for us to get anything that's worthwhile. It's, we're, we're better off keeping him with his cap hit than trading him for nothing. Because who do we have to replace him? Yeah, and that's my thing right now is the only way you trade him is if you're getting another 50 to 60 point winger in return. And that is the one thing, I mean, right now you aren't necessarily looking for a top line right winger for him. You're looking for a top six right winger. Well, I wouldn't even look at that. I Because you're not, basically what you're saying is trade Jordan Eberle for Jordan Eberle two years ago. Mm-hmm. That's never going to happen. Nope. No one is ever going to do that trade because no, I'm, I'm, I'm not even talking about but, trading for Jordan Everly two years ago. I'm talking about another uh, right winger who can put up fifty to sixty points. I mean, you know, Jordan Everly when he's playing his best, he's putting up sixty plus. I'm talking. You don't need even need to have that. You just need a good second line right winger, preferably somebody with a little bit of size. Again, I mean, we saw how much he got pushed to the perim- perimeter and the type of volume shooter that we need that can still go into the slot. So. I think it's still a very difficult trade to make, well, but it's not as difficult as, say, looking for that next center or that right-shot second-pairing defenseman. I, w- I would actually say it's probably right up there because if... Think of it from the other side, okay? So you're a team that has a 50- to 60-point player who's, you know, bigger in size. Would you trade him for Jordan Eberle? No, probably not because you have this 50 yeah. to 60 point player who's bigger in and size. In fairness, I'm not necessarily talking about <laughs> trading Jordan Eberle for that player. I'm talking if you're trading Jordan Eberle, oh. you need to immediately know that you get, you're getting that player. Because for me, I, I, I would want a right shot third pairing defenseman for Jordan Eberle. That's right, to take over for Russell because hmm. he's a third line player. Yeah, I agree with so, that. Um, that that's what I would say. It just it makes it so the lefty righty combination yeah. is a, a little bit more even. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going all over the place. Let's let's talk about just the playoffs in general. Let's, okay. Let's hit all our playoff stuff and then let's start what will surely be the conversations for the rest of the summer because that's how that usually works. Yes. Yep. Beating the same things over with a stick again and again and again. But playoffs because we haven't been able to do that too often. So nope. let, let's do that one. Okay. Just in general, or well, let's hit this duck series first. <laughs> okay, and it's funny. I, I mean, keeping things positive. Actually, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do this. <laughs> Bullshit! <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I was uh, chatting with a friend of mine, uh, actually Tyler, who's a big Pittsburgh fan, and he was just texting me last night from from the Ottawa series, which I guess there was a number of calls in the uh, Ottawa Pittsburgh game that. It's just, I again, I don't think there's any conspiracy or anything with the Ducks or anything. I do just think that the NHL has gotten to a point where they have let told the refs to basically let everything go, to not slow down the games, to not. But we did see 
what it is like playing against a very physical team and against a very heavy forecheck, and that is something that the Oilers have had issues with this year. But against one of the teams that I think is the best in the league at doing it, I think they did a very good job. There, I turned it around. Wow, you really got uh, a positive aspect of a really, really horrible situation. Um, Thank you. For me, I'm not that optimistic about it. Um, so, okay, you want the game to be open and fast and, and everything like that. I get that. My whole thing is that after the whistle, people like Getzlav was getting away with, with basically murder. And nothing. Yeah. And that's not even just in this series. That's in the last series against Calgary. Mm-hmm. And then that's in this series so far against Nashville. He's still doing the same yeah. things and no one's oh, yeah. stopping him. And I mean, again, that's why I, I, I mean, it wasn't just against Edmonton today, it's against everybody. And it's not. That's how come I, and that's, so, speaking of conspiracies. So, I, I was thinking about it the other day because I was listening to uh, 630 Ched and there were some call, people calling in with the conspiracy yeah, theories yeah. type thing. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know what? It actually makes sense that people go to conspiracy right away, because that actually makes more sense than the fact that uh, we have a league here that has put people in place to make it so this does not happen. Like, they pay these people mm-hmm. to make sure this doesn't happen, and it's happening. It's just, it's easier to just assume that yeah, somebody's being paid off. Idiots. Yeah. And and in a league that's making this much money and has is paying these people a lot of money to make sure that things are consistent and and fair, um, to have a league where things are it couldn't be more inconsistent and couldn't be more unfair. It's just it's laughable. So it's just easier to think that there's like a gambling ring or that the NHL is just trying to go after the American uh, viewership. Than, uh, than think that's possible. That's now, why. Who was your standout candidate for the entire playoffs? For the Oilers. Oh. Ooh, I'm going to go Talbot. Yeah. I'm going to go Drysaddle. I think that's what we, we, we did that last last time or two two podcasts ago. I think we, we basically did that for the season. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, well, for the season, I mean, mm. I think McDavid and Talbot. Because we put McDavid to the side. We said, okay, obviously he's the best player. Who's, mm. and and you said Dreisel mm. and I Although, said. Although, funny enough, even if we're for the, for the playoffs, I wouldn't put McDavid probably in the top three standout performances for these playoffs. Hey, hey Todd McClellan said McDavid played amazing, okay? That's what he said. <laughs> no, and I... <laughs> I'm not disputing. He didn't get point. Oh, yeah. McDavid's like, problem is that he was playing a lot with Russell, Okay. So, <laughs> really, really, no. I mean, you know, you saw some McDavid's comments after uh, the Anaheim series, you know, saying how unfun it is to play with a shadow. Yeah. And considering he had somebody on his back, literally on his back, the entire series, he still played incredibly well. But as far as players who were able to break out and make things happen, I think Tabit was huge. I think Dreisaitl was huge. I'm almost tempted to put uh, Benning and Kajula in there as well. Yeah, they, they did play really well. And Nurse, um, when Clefbaum went down, I mean, he he really did step it up. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, he didn't have the best game the following game. Yeah. but well. And that's still my thing with Nurse is he's still just so raw. He's so, he's so, he's so up and down. Yeah. But we've seen what that up looks like for him, and uh, other fans should be excited. Exactly. So... Um, so next year, when he hopefully gets an actual full season in the NHL instead of, you know, an injury-plagued one, yeah. um, hopefully we can see some more growth in that. So mm-hmm. so the future is exciting. It is. What we, do you think is a nurse's ceiling right now? What? He, well... What do you think his point I mean, is? it's still, well, his point. Probably, I would say 40 points is probably his ceiling, which is pretty decent. Um, crap. I'd be surprised if he gets to that but well that's ceiling you said yeah yeah right? for sure right that's ceiling um will he ever get to that he, i mean he has the the thing about nurses he has the tools he has everything an nhl player could possibly want for physical attributes mm-hmm. um the only problem is that he isn't the best at reading sometimes and um you can say that comes with age and maturity yeah, yeah. and all that but a little bit of it is just what you actually have naturally. And he, he doesn't seem to have quite that. 
So it's going to be a lot of work for him, but his offensive instincts are there. You can see it. He jumps up in the play um, at good points. He doesn't doesn't do it at at really bad points for the most part. Um, No more than any other offensive defenseman. I mean, if you look at uh, Brent Burns, he's he's a terrible defenseman, but he's a really really good fourth forward. So um, <clears throat> now I don't think he, Nurse is going to get to that point, but he, he he's more like that. He's big, he's hard to get off the puck, he's fast, um, and he has a good shot. So I, I could see him once he kind of learns the the lay of the land, how to do everything. I, I think forty points is is achievable for him, but it does have to happen mm-hmm. like just right for sure. And also, if he's passing the puck up to McDavid, I mean. You're going to get a couple points. Yeah. Uh, one thing I didn't actually hear after any of the playoffs, uh, which I was a little bit surprised of. Uh, I, I didn't hear any uh, injury talk from uh, any of the players. Yeah, no. Um, but even, like, on other teams, um, it did take a few days for us to hear something. Yeah. Um, like Thornton, we didn't hear about what he was actually going through for about three or four days. Mm-hmm. And I thought, they, you know, just to add their uh, end-of-season... Uh, Interviews or post interviews. I thought we might have heard a thing or two uh, at one of those, or and I didn't completely look through them all, so I didn't, you know, I didn't even hear what questions were directed at them. So I don't know if any of them were specifically asked. Well, we haven't. That, but once we get our like State of the Union, which should be any day now, I think maybe. Yeah, I have usually. No idea. Uh, it's a... um, I don't know. We've never gone this far, so. But uh, but Dreisaitl's gone already. He's playing for uh, for Germany, so he's obviously not injured. Um, since what are your thoughts on that? What are my thoughts on that? Yeah. He's uh, extremely patriotic with oh. for Germany, and he he would love nothing more than to just play for his team. I mean, honestly, oh he, yeah, yeah, abso- absolutely. Like I, I'm not, but I just want to give him like a mojito and send him somewhere warm and just tell him to sit his ass down for a couple months and that's relax. That's not what he wants. To, uh, no. That He'd probably hate that. He'd probably be like, fuck this, Germany's playing and I'm not there. I yeah. hate you, Sean. <laughs> so, no, I mean, it shows that he's passionate about <laughs> hockey still and um, I know he, I mean, I say still, he's, he's 21 years old. Um, but he, I mean, it shows his passion is there and um, from what Todd was saying about just how passionate he is about Germany, and he talks about it all the time. Apparently, it does not surprise me in the least that yeah. he jumped ship over there the moment the season was over. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it also shows that he wasn't injured, so yeah. he's uh, he's fine. No, and he, he he never looked. He was never one I uh, thought about. No, he just that one game where he was sick. Right. Right. But um, but then Talbot decided to to stay. Um, but he also has you know twins. twins. Um, yeah, really hasn't had a chance. Yeah, to... he, he might want to see them and learn who what their names are. He <laughs> <laughs> might want to start recognizing who this yeah. strange man is who keeps popping up every once in a while. Well, and they're twins, right? So I mean, and he hasn't been there, so it's like, which one are you? Which one are you? I I have two months to learn this. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to. I'd be like... I'd, I'd, I'd label them. <laughs> you're A and you're B. B. Never mind, never mind. You're A and you're 1. Because you're both number 1. Ah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That would have been, you know, a picture. Why, why was I B, Dad? <laughs> because you were the secondary thought. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, number 1 and A? Yeah. I, I'd, I'd still rather be number 1 than A. Yeah. When in, in schools, you get A's. Not anymore. In school now, you get participation and thanks for trying. You don't need to hand your homework assignment in if you don't want to because you need to feel challenged. Man, I would have been such a good student nowadays. Oh. I got so many ink. Ink? Yeah, incomplete. Oh. <laughs> I saw that Saw that a lot on my report card. Ink, ink, ink. So, yeah. Um, yeah I was that kid. <laughs> but uh, Schools suck now. Yeah, they do. They do. So coddle our kids. Do you know what happens when you get coddled? You suck. I didn't actually have a good one for that. Okay, <laughs> next. <laughs> like, you see, this is right. I'm, I'm having trouble letting go right now. I uh, I want to keep talking about these uh, playoffs, the playoff series. 
but I don't know exactly which direction we want to take that right now. And we've got an entire summer to uh, look forward to that I want to talk about, but I feel the moment I talk about that, I'm letting go of these playoffs. I don't want to let go. I've waited so long. They were so much fun. I, I probably gained an extra or lost an extra five years of my life from these playoff series. Yeah. yeah I, stress. I, I injured myself in one of them. Um, so last week we weren't here, obviously. Yeah. We, we didn't talk last In case anyone noticed, we, we, we didn't do here. a podcast. Um, I should have just put like like 60 minutes of just silence. And just, just so it's on there. So it's like, well, we tried. Yeah, we, we had an episode. Yeah. Um, so, so the reason why is uh, Sean here, he was, he was golfing. Right. That was last week. Yes, that was last week. You, you were golfing. It was a beautiful day. It was. So I, I can understand why. Although the Saturday was better than the Sunday. Yeah, the Sunday was a little bit windy. But. Yeah. So, um, so he went golfing. And, um, and I managed to find last minute tickets to the game. Yeah. I saw um, that. So, I uh, saw that. we, we kind of went different directions. Um, we, we had the most amazing seats, um, we could have possibly wished for. Yeah, um, actually, you've, cause you've got a, uh, an inside track, uh, uh, your own backstory on the Cassian yell. No, that was on the other side. I couldn't see him. Oh, I thought the pictures, I thought that was, oh. He was on the other side of this. So I, I was, um, I was row one, right against the glass. Um... That if you couldn't see, that was me hugging the glass. Um, what are you doing? So, um, <laughs> so we were on uh, the Oilers attacking zone twice side, and I was like six feet away from the net. So five goals were scored in that net in the first period. I hurt my insides from cheering. <laughs> I, I was really happy because the second period when they scored twice, it was on the other side, so we felt a little bit more disconnected from it. So, you know, I, I, I got up and I yes, shook my little pom-pom. Hey. Um, it was a pom-pom. That's what they give us. What what? <laughs> I didn't pick the pom-pom. The Oilers picked the pom-pom. So, um, so then in the third when nothing happened at all, I, I was actually kind of happy because because I was I was hurting. I don't know what I did. I'm fine now. The next day I was fine too. So I just I don't know, I pulled something. Um but yeah, it was it was amazing watching oh, yeah. that. It was it was the best game I have ever been to. Yeah. And, and how was the like because you know, I'm I'm sitting over there watching the uh the game and it wasn't until after they had five goals that it started to relax a little bit. How yeah. was the environment in the Well, I know as far as us and how we felt going in so I can say that was the best game I've ever been to, but on the flip side, going in, that was the most nervous I have ever been going to a game. Um, the drive there, um, going th- like just everything. I got, I barely said anything um, the whole time. I, I was, I was pretty nervous. Um, it's the first elimination game, yeah. right? So I mean, it's. Um, but then they, then Leon scored. And the, the building started to get into it. And, and the building was quiet before that a little bit. Um, I mean, there's the Let's, let's Go Euler chant. But compared to the last game I was at, yeah. it was um, it was a little bit quieter. And you could kind of feel the tension. So there was that. But after he scored, and then kind of the floodgates opened. And then Gibson got pulled. And that was good. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it, you, you could just feel the whole building just relax and... And just start having fun with it. So, yeah, it was, it was good. It was fun. It was, it was like I said, the best game I've ever been to. Um, yeah, it it does help that the goals were six feet away from me oh, going that's... in, and and I could see them slide past Gibson and then Bernier <laughs> because they all slid. Well, yeah. except for the test two shooting up top, they all slid right in. It was just, just slide, just slowly too. It was kind of funny. They all, none of them were like a. A blast or anything. They were just like dribblers, just just sliding in. It was great. It's fantastic. So until I'm old and uh, senile, I will remember those pucks sliding in past Gibson for a long time. Nice, nice, nice. So and the fact that uh, one goal they they cheered and, and and celebrated together right in front of me. Yeah, they're like right there, and I banged on the glass because that's what you do. Yeah. 
because they're right there. You're one of those people. I was just right once, the just the one time. It felt weird too. <laughs> As I was about to do it, I was like, "Am I fucking doing this? Bang, bang, bang! I'm doing yes, this." <laughs> so yeah, it was it was great. Um, Taryn was happy um, because Dry Settle had a big hit right in front of us, so she saw that. She got to see the sweat drip off his brow, and yep, and, and, and apparently that's all she needed, I guess. So we didn't actually have to. Um, pay that much money for for those we could have just walked down there and saw him and left so i don't know but whatever okay. you still got a, a few goals and exactly so so yeah it was uh it was nice to see that i i yeah it, it that's what happens in my mind when uh when plays are called correctly so and i was surprised so we talked about whole, the whole fact that um when uh, when the game gets lopsided like that, you see a whole bunch of bullshit calls mm-hmm. against. Uh, that didn't happen that game. It, it really didn't. Yeah. And and I was I was a little confused because when it happens against us, we get a whole bunch of bullshit calls, and they do. And but then I I, I was confused. Yeah. Because I was waiting for it. I was like, we're gonna get so many bullshit calls, and it just never happened. So. Huh? One thing just to go show, there is no rhyme or reason to how uh, the refs are doing their jobs. Yep, and they really need to uh, to have a meeting this summer yep. and get their shit together. You know, I will uh, volunteer my my services to go talk to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I I wonder, like, I wonder how the because really, you know, this comes down to the GMs. Yep. And I wonder how what their thoughts are on this. I mean, obviously, I mean, you would have somebody like Shirelli, who's probably a little bit upset with. Uh, a few things, but I, I don't. I mean, if yeah, I, I just I just don't know because at the end of the day, it comes down to how the GMs feel because Batman works for the GMs. Well, not not he he does. I mean, he works. So this this goes beyond Batman. This yeah. is, I think this is a daily thing. Um, he works for the GMs. Batman works for the owners. Yes, um, the owners don't care as long as money's coming. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, the only GM I think is truly happy right now is Anaheim's GM because his team is getting away with literally everything. Mm-hmm. Just everything. Um, of course, Shirelli's going to be upset. I mean, when you see some of the goals that were counted, you, you can't help. And it's not even... Because we've had an issue with Coach's Challenge for quite a while, right? I mean, it's ridiculous. And I do seriously think they will take a look at it this yeah, well, they have to. Uh, I mean, it, there's been too many inconsistencies. Um, and the fact that you're asking um, the linesman or ref to overturn his own call yeah. is a flaw. Oh, there's, yeah. It, it, it's a huge flaw. I mean, either A, you do away with it. And you know what? If if a ref calls something, and, you know, like sure, on instant replay it might be clear to see something else happen. But, you know, human error is part of the game. And I would much rather a ref just, you know, miss a call and have it be missed than to miss a call, have it be challenged, and still get it wrong afterwards. Yeah. If you're going to challenge, get you have, like, if you're going to do coach's challenge, you have to get it right. Yeah. That, that's... You need one, you need one person, hell, you almost need them named. You say, this is Fred. Fred is going to uh, review all calls for this year. Everything goes through Fred. Yeah. Well, exactly. So... And um, and then on top of that, I think everyone needs to go over the rules again and figure out what what is a penalty, what isn't, what yeah. what is goalie interference, what isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, because even if let's say they get get rid of coach's challenge, right? Fine. But then you get into the situation like we were in, where that third goal went in with thirty seconds left. That wasn't a coach's challenge. No. That was a video replay or video review done by the league because it's within two minutes of, of the game. And yeah. so even in that instance, it's like, well, you got to get it right. Like this is something that we've had for years. Video replay uh, done by, by headquarters. I mean, that that's we, literally years. Yeah, I mean, we can go all the way back to Ryan Smith's toe being in the crease. Like, this this has been going on for a long time. Um, it's, it's amazing how we've come, right? Goalie interference used to be Ryan Smith's toe being in the, in the crease, and that was called off. 
And now it's Kessler can literally pull Talbot out of the net and throw him all, all the way to the other side of the ice and nothing. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Um, <laughs> and let's, so, no, they need to take a huge look and just basically... And they need to let the players know. The players know. That's the thing is they know what goalie interference isn't, isn't. Well, and no, sorry, I'm, I'm not talking just goaltender interference. I'm talking just, you know, the, these penalties in general. You need to, you know, if you hit a guy with your stick below the waist, we're not going to call a cross-check. But if you take a running start, we're going to... I'm point-forming here, but you need to set that bar for players. And, and players are, are smart, despite their lack of most education and uh, constant hits to the head. They, they're, they're hockey smart. Yes. If, if you give them the rules or explain to them what isn't, isn't going to be called, they're going to adapt. Yep. So uh, Stradwick was talking about that because... He played in the league before the lockout, and the, the second lockout, mm-hmm. technically, um, and then after, so 2005-06, right? And he was saying that, uh, obviously, we all know the well, maybe not all of us, but most of us know that the rules changed significantly from before and after that time period. Yeah. So basically, everything that was perpendicular to the ice was a, was a penalty. As soon as your stick was even with the ice and it was in a player's body area, it was an automatic penalty. And if you look at that season, the penalties went up significantly. And so did goals. They did. And then it tapered off, not because they stopped calling it, but because the players started to learn what was and was not a penalty. Well, um, and Stardock was saying this, that now we've uh, they, they've stopped calling the, the stick when it's at the same plane as the ice, you know, straight across in another player's body region they have not been calling that instead it's actually gotten worse because now there's the little stick slap the, yeah. uh, on the gloves well, now that's, that's something they need to get like, 2006 that was a penalty every time oh, yeah. if you touch that guy's glove with your stick because it was perpendicular with the ice it was a penalty it was slashing you they, they you went to the box um, but now everyone's like, well, if I hit the stick, it breaks and I get a slashing penalty. So I'm going to slash their hands because, you know, their hands don't break, although they do, as we've seen many, many times. Um, there's little plays like that, the little hooks that are coming back into the game. Um, there, there's a lot of stick work happening in this game that is causing it so that the best players in the world can't be the best players in the world yeah. because they're being hindered so much. And I think... I thought that lockout, almost, I guess the second lockout, was put into place and we put rules in to make it so the best players in the world could play. But uh, apparently not. Yeah. Apparently we want, uh, we want people to be injured because what's happening now is that it's not even just uh, to make the game fun again, it's... Players are literally getting injured because they aren't calling things. Yeah. So the players are just taking liberties. They're like, well, if you're not going to call it, I'm just going to hit harder. And you know what? I'd actually be very interested in you know pulling that as a stat. And I might actually do that this weekend because I have an abundance of free time. Is to go back to early 2000s. Or, you know, well, not even early, but 2005 to 2008. And look at the amount of all-star players, you know, point per game or roughly a point per game players that are injured compared to now. Because it seems like more and more we're seeing these in these all-star players go out and not, you know, by taking a weird hit into the boards, but, you know, broken hands and cracked ribs and things from plays that should be getting called. And sometimes maybe they're called, but the fact is not enough to prevent players from trying to do it. So Yeah. Well, I mean... And and I, I couldn't believe there wasn't more about this, but um, I believe it was it was either Kajula or Benning that it was it from my eyes it was a pretty blatant headshot. Um, I be, it was the Anaheim series. Like the guy launched himself right into his head. He got two yeah, I know minutes. What talking about, yeah. I can't remember who did it. it was, but he, I mean, he launched himself into his head. There, there was no like they showed it from multiple angles. I mean, there was, there was no reason for him to be jumping in like that. He, he did to hit him in the head, and he got two minutes for roughing, and that was it. There was no 
disciplinary action, nothing. So all I can think of is, I know it's the playoffs. I get it. But that doesn't mean that you can do whatever the fuck you no, want. And, and that's been my, is the playoffs are supposed to be heavier hockey because, you know, everybody's finishing checks and everybody's playing tougher and, you know, it's just that much more intense games because they, you know, they all matter that much more. So everybody's finishing a bit harder. That doesn't mean the whistle is put away for the bullshit. Yeah. And, and that's been my problem for the last, I mean, especially seeing this year now, is that that's changed. It's not... Yeah, you, you don't dis- decide that things that used to be penalties in the regular season aren't still penalties. All of those are still penalties. Yes. That's that's what's my biggest problem. Is yeah. And it, again, they, they call some things just like in the regular season. But then other things that are even worse, like, like immensely worse, you're not calling at all. It's like, well, if we're confused as fans, you can... Bet the players are oh, confused as fuck. They're like, I don't know. I really don't. And I mean, we've seen, you know, well, let's beat this one one more time. Uh, you know, after that uh, game uh, five, where you've got players like Lucic in their dressing room afterwards saying, I have no idea what goaltender interference is anymore. I can't think of exact examples, but I know, you know, there's a f- been a few plays in the postseason and just the regular season where you had a coach afterwards. I, you know, sometimes when a coach has challenged something because they feel it should have been. But you've got a coach after the game who's confused, saying, "I I don't understand what happened. I don't understand why I wasn't able to challenge or what's like when you just have that much." Yeah, the actual people who are playing and supposed to know all these things when they're the ones who are confused, that well, should be a pretty big red flag. Exactly, and the fact that they asked if if McClellan got a an explanation about why there's no goal, and he said, "No, the refs don't explain anything to us anymore." I, I mean, we were talking about Gary yeah. Frazier the other day. I mean, one of the things he always used to do is he used to explain everything to the players and coaches so that they fully understood, one, so if it happened again, they understood why, but also at the time so that they can they can have an idea of what was happening and why it was called a certain way so that they knew. Mm-hmm. The fact that refs aren't even explaining anything to the coaches or players is really, really concerning. Yeah. Like, they should be having an open dialogue with the players and the coaches. Because if you don't, it's going to get worse. That's all that's going to happen is this whole thing is just going to get worse. So, uh, it's really, it it is really unfortunate that that it's happening. And, um, yes, it affects us. So, of course, we're going to be a little bit more biased towards it. But it's it's bad for the game. But, yeah, it's not not happening just to us. So, if it was... We'd be having a very, very different conversation that has a little bit more about conspiracies. But since it's not just happening to us, it is um, it is showing just the inconsistencies. And um, and I guess the fact that to get calls in this league, you have to become really good friends with the refs or have, like, pictures of them or something. I don't know. Because whatever Getzlav is doing, we need to fig- figure it out. I still say that we should we should get a player to change his name to Getslav and put 15 on his back, and we'll probably get some calls. Yeah. All right. I am closing the book on this one. That is my book being closed. I'm not. Nope, nope. Close that. Nope, no, no, no. no. Put, it, put it down. Put, drop, drop it. Drop it. Drop it. I am good. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, man, Guardians of the Two was great. Oh, it was fantastic. Oh, yeah, it was I great. Had so much fun. Oh, that hat part. That hat part was... Let's never speak of this again. Oh, I, I just... <laughs> oh, man. I So, for that, you've known me for a bit now. I'm not a huge laugher. I don't laugh a lot. Yeah, you're, you're know, pretty... I, I'm pretty even-keeled. Um, I And especially in a movie theater. In a movie theater, I, it's even more more subdued. I was laughing so hard at that hat part. I, w- I had a tear coming down. I was I was shaking. It was amazing. Yeah. No. Nope. And and that right there that that's how you do a sequel. Yep. You you take everything that you loved about the first one, and you uh, just not you don't just do more of it. You don't just do the same movie twice. You you bring in a different issues, different conflicts, and you it didn't it wasn't. Bigger. It wasn't bigger for just for the sake of being bigger. It was still a very personal story. Yep. But just giving us more of the characters we love. 
Well, exactly. So, and uh, and Drax and and Groot just took it over. Yeah, they they were the movie in my mind. I mean, they were the best part of the movie. And uh, I'm going to throw uh, Michael Rooker's uh, Yondu in there as well. He is pretty good too. Yeah, just but, that whole general. So yeah, it was it was fantastic. I I can't wait for them to uh, meet some of the other uh, Marvel characters yeah. in the future. It's you know, gonna I don't fun. know if this is going to be. Yeah, I'm going to try to do some spoiler terror. No, no, I'm spoilers. No, 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 no spoilers. Well, Are we going to yell spoilers? spoilers? Spoilers for what? Spoilers for what? Uh, potentially Infinity War. Okay, so anyone who hasn't any idea about Infinity War, um, honestly, just just stop listening. Yeah. Just just okay. just hit so, stop. The, yeah. Well, yeah, the Guardians and the Avengers are going to meet. I think that's not really a, a spoiler say, at this they, point. That's there's been I think talk already that Drax does share scenes. With uh, Tony Stark. Ooh. So the sarcastic Iron Man and Drax, Mr. Literal, that that, that could be fun. Yeah, it would be fun. But honestly, and if you throw Spider-Man in there too, I mean, what the... It's just, we're going to be laughing the whole time. It's not... It's like, yeah, there's action happening behind. Yeah. But who cares because these three together... I I think that we're just going to go into a Marvel talk now. Okay. Whatever. I think... I think they either are giving Spider-Man the symbiote suit or the uh, Iron Spider suit in this movie. Because I've seen a few different uh, behind-the-scenes pictures or in, in videos right now. Uh, like uh, a few months ago, they released like the first like behind-the-scenes video of Infinity War, just when they started shooting. Yeah. And in a lot of those, you you see Spy- uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man talking with like Tony Stark, uh, Robert Downey Jr., and guys like that, and. Tom Holland has a winter coat on. And it's not that they're shooting outside or anything, or that it's cold. He's got a large coat on. Now, with movies like that, typically, when you do that, it's because you're covering something up. Now, if it's just his costume, they wouldn't do that, because we've, we've seen his costume. It's, it's, it's Spider-Man. We, we all know what Spider-Man's costume looks like. Even if, you know, oh, look, the blues are a little bit more blue now, and his red thing that went like this now goes this way. That's... They usually don't hide stuff like that. Yeah. They usually do that if they're trying to... So, either A, he's got, you know, see something like the black suit on, which would be a big... Or he would have motion capture dots or something, you know, if they're doing some kind of track, you know, like they would with, like, a CGI armor yeah. or something. So, I think it's more that way. Yeah. Um, the reason being is because, at least in my mind... So, I love Spider-Man. Yeah. The symbiote suit has such... It, it's... It, it needs to be its own whole thing. Oh, yeah. um, so, so for non-Spider-Man fans who decided to continue listening to us talk, even though we said spoilers, um, <laughs> and, and I'm yeah. talking to six people, I really don't. Maybe, but anyways, you, know. you never know. Who who knows? Maybe fifty people will listen to that. Um, <laughs> I'm funny, aren't I? Uh, so people come back after we once again when we get this big. Yeah. People want to come back and look at our old stuff. Those they, million people will come back here. Yes. So. Spider-Man 3. That was a complete fuck-up of the symbiote suit in Venom. Like, I mean... Oh. Fuck-up of epic proportions. Like, I mean, it was terrible. It was horrible. Um, Venom, Carnage, uh, the symbiote suit in general is, is such a massive, massive story that you cannot have any other villains involved in this. It is literally because it's so much of Peter Parker in himself, and, and the the struggle he is having with the symbiote suit, and there's so much of that in there that you can't have anything. There there is no other issues outside yeah. of this because this is enough. Mm-hmm. Although, what you know what they could do? Well, I'm just actually realizing this now. So, there's been a you know comics have been around for a while, and there have been a few different origins for uh, the symbiote's costume. For those who grew up watching the '90s uh, animated Spider-Man, yep, 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 that, yep, that was that was that was the shit back then. Yeah, uh, it's actually it's uh, JJ J. Jonah Jameson's son, who's an astronaut, who comes back to Earth, and on the way back, well, while they're there, they end up picking up this the symbiote, this this rock that has the symbiote inside of it, and the symbiote goes crazy inside the uh, ship, and then they crash. Spider-Man saves it, and ends up getting the symbiote suit. From that, because the symbiote comes from space. Either way, no matter what, that's always been, I think, it's actually an alien species. Yes. There is another version from the comics, and I think this act, this was the original introduction. Introduction? Introduction? Is that right? 
Introduction. Introduction. No, introduction. Let's go with introduction. Okay. Of We're the, making uh, up words today. <laughs> I always make up words. Was uh, in a series where Spider-Man and a whole bunch of other Avengers and heroes are teleported to this planet to uh, fight with all these uh, villains by an uh, entity known as the Beyonder. And it's on this planet that Spider-Man gets the, uh, the symbiote. So what if, to bring this all around now, the Avengers in, in Infin- Infinity War go to space, meet yep. the Guardians in space and are doing things, and while they're there, Spider-Man picks up the uh, symbiote. And he's on his planet, he's got it, he doesn't really know what it is yet, and then in the next Spider-Man movie, you do the whole symbiote story. See, and that would be, that's proper. That's, that's, uh, when it happens, if it happens like that at the end of it, I will get up and I will give Marvel an applause because that would be perfect. And honestly, with the way Marvel do, does things right now, I, they're, they're probably going to do something like that. Yeah. Um, cause I, I do believe that, so there's the Infinity War and then there's, there's the next one that yeah. is still untitled. It originally was like the Infinity War Part, part, two, part two, yeah. But but they got they scrapped that. Yeah, I think the second one is going to be more the Infinity Gauntlet direction, and it's going to be more Thanos direction, and it's I think it's going to be more surrounding him yeah. than the than Infinity War. Yeah, and it's it's actually interesting that you say that uh, again because I read way too much movie news and things. Uh, Zoe Saldana, uh, Gamora. Yep was interviewed, just, you know, asked about the movies. And she was talking, well, you know, currently, you know, we were just wrapping up, you know, the shooting for Infinity War, and then we're uh, shooting the uh, the Gauntlet sequel. And that kind of people made... Wait, did you just give... Did you just give the name of the movie? And then, you know, people then kind of backtracked and said, you know, no, you know, she's just referring to them in general because, you know, it is about the Infinity War and all that. But now for me, I don't know why they feel they need to hide that because... If you are talking about Infinity War, you're you're talking about the Infinity Gauntlet, like that's yep. like well, exactly. So um, I'm excited for all this. Yes. I mean, the next one isn't Spider no uh, Thor. Sp- nope, I think Spider Spider-Man's Spider-Man's next? Uh, in the summer. I think Thor's Thor is later. Yeah, e- either August so, or fall. Or, but yeah, it's it's Homecoming. Which Spider-Man first Thor looks like it's going to be funny. Yeah, I, it's going to be the first Thor that's actually funny mm-hmm. um, because I mean. Thor has been arguably the weakest yeah. uh, movie franchise in in this whole Marvel universe. Um, so. so the fact that it's going to be Hulk and, and Thor, all right, let's circle so, this back around. Circle back. Oh, oh yeah, uh, one last yeah hockey because we're generally a hockey podcast, but we we occasionally all well hockey's over, and now it's just beginning. Yeah. So <laughs> let's go into let's quickly break down what we think the lines are going to be <clears throat> next year. And by that, I just mean who you think will be back. Wouldn't it be easier to go over who's not going to be back? It would, but I want to do it this way. Okay. Just to really break down, you know, what we have for the lines. And so, basically, I mean, top line, Maroon, McDavid, Drysdale. Yep. Okay. I agree with that. Yeah, that, those three are going to be back. Second line... Lucic, Nugent Hopkins, Eberle, maybe. And if not, you're looking for a new winger for that line. And it's not Pouli Arvey, because no. What about, what about like Pitlick or Cassian? No. Also no, also no. <laughs> and yeah, really Slappy. Bad. Slappy. No. Slappy. No. no. But then I can throw Slappy on Twitter like every single day. It's going to be fun. Every time. <laughs> I don't like it. I almost oh bought one. I almost <laughs> bought one the other day. <laughs> I would burn it so fast. I would literally oh, set that thing on fire. That thing is awesome. But I, I love slapping. Yeah, so I mean, dry saddle, I think long term this team does want him at center. But right now you're looking at next year. If you want to put him at center, then Nugent Hopkins plays the wing, which is potentially a possibility as well. But I think at least five of those I think five of those six names for sure are back next year. Maybe Everly. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I think Cassian will be back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, it does depend a little bit on on what he wants. Yeah, and I, I think, like, if you're, you know, if it's a three-year, you know, $2.5 million a year type of deal, then yeah. Yeah. I, 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 absolutely. So, um, obviously, Kajula's going to be back. Yeah. Um, since, you know, he's signed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, right now, you know, at that third line, we've got... Tentatively, Kajula on the left wing, Cassian on the right wing. Yeah, and maybe 
Yeah. And then player yeah. X yeah. for the, the... We don't know. No, but uh, yeah, absolutely right now, this team is looking for a third-line center for next year. Yeah. And and who knows, maybe after the summer and going into training camp, maybe uh, Jujar takes over for the third-line. I mean, yeah. he's he's a big body. He's, phys- he's He is physical. He's mean. And he has a little bit of a scoring touch. So yeah. may- maybe. Mm-hmm. But um, I think, you know, we're definitely back to the whole idea that this team needs depth. Yeah. And we've seen how important that is. I think you get a guy for that spot, and if other people push, great. And that's the thing with Pouliot-Arvey to the people who think, oh, well, it's but Pouliot-Arvey and Everlay spot on the right wing. You don't set yourself up for failure like that. We've seen over 10 years what that does when you put rookies into places where they will fail. Yeah, Kajula and Benning have uh, flourished like crazy. Yeah. And, no. <laughs> and that's rare. It yeah, is. Because, and, and they started as, you know, extra players. Uh, not so much Kajula. Well, Benning, yeah. Benning definitely played his way onto mm-hmm. the team. Kajula was more he was thrown continually back in there until yeah. you succeed. Yeah, true so. enough. Uh, Slepyshev as well, though. Slepyshev was yeah. He's he didn't get the benefit of the doubt like Kajula got. Yeah. Oh yeah, Kajula got the benefit of the doubt at the center position, which was bad. But then once they moved him to the wing, he went from being a third line winger to being a top line winger in the playoffs. Because how so. so so a little then, bit of both. Then fourth line, you have Latestu, obviously, as your yeah. center. Um, and then you have, um, we have Slepyshev. Yeah. We have, I believe, Pitlick will be back. Yeah, I um, think they definitely signed Pitlick to a one-year. And then, um, I'm missing somebody, but. Yeah, uh, Kara's probably in that mix somewhere there as well. Uh, yeah. Hendricks is gone. We yeah. We'll miss you, Hendricks. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. Well, he he seemed good in the dressing room, yeah. but um, so then that's that's the fourth line of we have bodies for yeah. it, and they're they're good fourth liners. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, you you could even make an argument that that Pitlick and Slepyshev their their ceiling is higher than a fourth line. Oh, absolutely. There. I mean, so, uh, but it's nice again to have that depth. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, Bayhernay is definitely uh, gone, free agent. You know. Yes. Yeah. He was fun while he lasted, but yep. yeah. Um, so then for defense, um, you have Clefbaum and, and, and Larson, yeah. obviously. Um, You've got Sekera and Russell. You, you have Sekera. And then uh, then you have Benning and Nurse. And Russell. So, Russell is not signed. Yeah. He is an unrestricted nope. free agent asking for $4 million over four years. And absolutely, they're not, I would not give him that, no. No, I, I, would, if, I would basically wait him out. Oh, yeah. And if I was going to sign him again, it would be for probably around 2.5 for one year. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you don't want that, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I Actually, uh, Jonathan Willis over at Oilers Nation wrote a really good uh, Russell R. article a few days ago. And Russ, uh, Willis is, you know, very good because he brings analytics into the conversation and brings up those stats. But he also provides a balanced... Perspective. Yeah. So he brought up, you know, of course... You know, the shot blocking and some of the things that Russell does do very good as far as keeping guys to the perimeter in the zone. You know, he allows a lot of zone entries, but he doesn't allow a lot of quality shots yep. once they're in. Obviously, the breakout passes and that are an issue with his game. But, but yeah, so he provided both. So Russell's a guy that if you've got a veteran like that on your, th- your third pair, who occasionally, if you need him to, can play in that top four role, then great. You know, we've seen that kind of depth. But all Russell has shown me this year is that how important it is to have a veteran defenseman. Yeah. So, no, I if they sign Russell to a decent deal, cool, whatever, great. But I would much rather, you know, them sign a new second-pairing yep. D-man. So I, I see Russell as, um, as a player from the past. I will bring up Toby Peterson, where... Toby Peterson was an okay NHL player. He, he, he was an NHL player. I mean, he played after he, he left the Oilers, too, for yep. Dallas. Um, he was definitely an NHL player. But he was not the, the most effective NHL player out there. Um, he was good in aspects, and that's it. But his coach, for some reason, had, had such rose-colored glasses when it came to Toby Peterson that essentially the only way to get them to stop playing him in certain situations was to ship him out because he was on the power play. He was like he was out there when we were losing by a goal. It made no sense. So with Russell, in his own zone, he is good. 
I, I will not say anything bad about him in his own zone. I don't like how easily it is for yeah. the other team to get into the zone. But once they're in there, he's good. He gets in the way. He, he wins battles and things like that. Although he is a little bit on the smaller side and gets pushed a little bit too much. But that, whatever. But when it comes to offense, there is none. There is zero yeah, offense no. when it comes to Russell. At all. And the amount of times I've seen that guy on the ice when we're down by a goal and there's five minutes left, it's like, okay, you have five other defensemen who can push the play, the pace. Why is Russell out there? Yeah, no, I, I will totally uh, agree with that. So that that's, that's to me, it, it would be more beneficial to get Russell away from the coaching staff because they do like his simple play and that he can get the puck out of the zone. And I understand that from a coach's perspective because the only thing you can teach a player is defensive play. You can't teach them the offense. That's just, It's just a natural thing. So coaches always deferring to the defensive style is, is something that we've seen for, for years and years, and it's never going to stop. Yeah. So we need to take that player away from McClellan so he can have a, a player that's a little bit more, more offensive. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I don't even mean much more. Just... Yeah. Just a little bit. For sure. And that is actually some, you know, the conversation that has changed a little bit from last summer. Because last summer, we were looking for, well, we were, uh, after, you know, after Larson, we were still looking for a right shot power play defenseman. Yep. And now, I mean, you don't really need that as much because we have our top power play option now and mm-hmm. Clefbaum. Yeah. And I would actually say that um, next year, we're, we're not going to have Sekro on the second power play, thank God. We're going to have Benning. Benning. Yeah. Absolutely. Which makes sense. He and has a good shot. Mm-hmm. He's a right shot defenseman. Why He has good offensive instincts. Why not have him and on? And I absolutely can see Benning by the end of next year being one of our four best defensemen. Yeah. But once again, I do not want them to go into next year being like, okay, we don't have Russell anymore. He, he's gone. That means Benning is our number four guy. I think they still need to get one more guy to kind of push, even if it's, you know, you can preferably sign a player, a stopgap player for a one or two year deal. Yep. So, um, so yeah, it's, it'll be interesting. I, I could, I could actually see a, a team like Las Vegas signing Russell yeah. for four years for 4 million. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could see them doing it um, just because they do need to make sure they get to the cap and they need veteran players that are in more of a top four. Uh, because when it comes to defend, defense, you're you're not going to get many quality ones. So if you have a veteran that, that can play in your top four, that that might be worth the $4 million cap that he wants. Yeah. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, or Calgary might sign him because I seem to remember their um, media, at least, saying that the reason they lost is because they didn't have Russell. And I was like, oh, give him Russell. Just yeah, yeah. ship him over right now. Just We know how to play against him. <laughs> you yeah. just skate really fast so, right at him. <laughs> I'm, let's end this uh, one on me losing uh, all credibility for my last tinfoil hat theory. Okay. So, back to Vegas. Yes. The expansion is going to be coming up soon. We're it will start be. start talking about that more and more over the next uh, couple weeks. So, Everly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if this has come through as much, but over one player I am a huge fan of, and I have been for most of the year, even uh, before this year began, and after the playoffs, it just helped and to strengthen that, that love, is Silverberg. I like Silverberg. He's a young player. He is a pretty big player. He plays the Ducks style of hockey, but he produces points, too. He is a player that there's a very real possibility that Vegas is going to get this Summer because it seems like Anaheim is going to protect four defensemen because they have like five very talented defensemen. Mm-hmm. Now Vegas also needs to hit a cap floor. That's going to be the biggest challenge for them is you know trying to get these young up and coming players. No, it won't. Yeah, they're just going to sign Russell for four million dollars. I don't know what you're. <laughs> Everly has a six million dollar cap. Yes. The Oilers make a deal with. Vegas, that after they select Silverberg, they leave Everly unprotected, give them a Griffin Reinhardt or something and a first-round pick, and get Silverberg. That's, that's, that's all I got. There. I would not give that much for Silverberg. Maybe not a first-round, but... Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it'll be interesting. Um, I will leave it at that. I think you talked about that two weeks ago. I, I, think, I, probably, I think I probably did. I think I brought up a couple of times now that I realize this. <laughs> you, you really like Silverberg. I do. No, just I, like you really like Severson. Yeah. You you were 
I was. And how did he do in uh, New Jersey this year? Yeah. Pretty good. New yes. Jersey did pretty bad, though. Yes, they did. Well, that's also because once now they've got Severson and Pritchard playing on their top pair. Yeah. Because the guy they used to have there is no longer. Yeah. And apparently now New Jersey is realizing that uh, when you don't have an actual top defenseman and you have people playing above their heads, bad things happen. Yep. So, Actually, but, funny enough, Severson would be... Maybe uh, she really goes back and says, hey, so we kind of overpaid on that holiday. Uh, I mean, Larson, you know, love him. He's great. Fantastic. But... We'll give you a third round pick, and you'll give us Severson. Now, now we've got our second pair in right shot, David. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. That would be great. Uh, yeah, um, but hey, you know what? Speaking of that whole thing, and this will be something we can talk about, obviously, in the future. But maybe we can pluck a right shot defenseman out of this whole uh, uh, expansion draft thing happening too. You never know. How do you figure? So, well, there. Uh, and again, we can go into this a little bit more next week, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably a team that has four defensemen, and a right shot might be kind of dangling loose, and they would be open to picking up a forward for that defenseman. Yeah. So, and there'll be, I think you're right, some very interesting conversations with other teams as well as Vegas. Of, I think you will see some players that Vegas pick that immediately get turned around to another team. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be kind of fun. Uh, we've we haven't had this. Yeah. Oh, really? Have you seen? Uh, Vegas's Twitter has actually been pretty on point since... Uh, yeah, you were talking about that two weeks ago, too. Man, you just talked about everything we talked about two I weeks ago. I don't know. Okay. I've, the last couple weeks have been a blur. I don't know what <laughs> goes on anymore. Well, I think uh, I think it's time to end it because he's rambling. Yeah. So uh, just remember... Craig's on it. Gridlock On the parkway now The television man Is here to show you how The channel fades to snow It's off to work you go but at least the war is over She's gone She left before you woke As you wake last night Neither of you spoke Dishes, TV, bed The darkness filled with dread But at least the war is over Lift your head and look out the window Stay that way for the rest of the day And watch the time go Listen, the birds sing Listen, the bells ring All the living are dead And the dead are all living the war is over And we are beginning Well, we'll still be there when your war is over. Lift-